Good morning, good morning. So glad you guys could join us. Uh, really excited for the new year, really excited for the 21 day fast. Um, as much as I dislike wearing this mask, uh, I realize it's really helpful because people can recognize you. For the most part, I can recognize like 90, 95%. It's amazing how much you can tell a person just by looking at their eyes. Um, but then yesterday I saw someone and I was like, hey, Mr. Sam, and I, and I knew I knew him, but I couldn't recognize him. And uh, he had long hair, and I don't remember knowing any guys with long hair. Uh, and then I realized, but, but the voice sounded so familiar, and then I realized it was Justin. And uh, so I called him afterwards, after he was like, hey, was that you that said hi to me? I called him like later in the afternoon, I was like, oh, hey, I just want to say happy to you, welcome. Um, so it's quite funny. Um, but anyways, uh, all of you guys are wonderful, fantastic, healthy. We're, we're going to be studying from the book of Acts this year. So last year we did, uh, I think it was Genesis, and uh, the year before we had done one of the Gospels. Um, and then we had gone through the whole year and we actually finished the book of uh, uh, Genesis uh, throughout the duration of this whole year. So that felt really good. We did 40 chapters. Um, it was really fun. There was some really great stuff and nuggets in there. Uh, things that you wouldn't get unless you did a whole chapter by chapter study. Uh, and so we're going to go back to the book of Acts. I think the book of Acts is uh, perfect in, in alignment with our theme, in alignment uh, with the sermon that I preached uh, yesterday. Um, the book of Acts is a narrative history. Uh, it's written by Luke, one of the apostles, disciples, uh, probably written around 60, 62 AD, from 60 to 62 AD. It's the sequel, it's the second part of the uh, Gospel of Luke. So it's a continuation written uh, uh, by Luke, who's a, who's a doctor. And um, the, the, the title of the book is often referred to as uh, uh, Acts of the Apostles, or, or you know, just act, the book of Acts would be Acts of the Apostles. But really, it should, what it should say more accurately would be the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And, and I've shared about this before, the difference the night and day stark difference between the disciples when they were following Jesus, you know, being trained, uh, being taught, and, and you know, where, where all the mishaps uh, and mistakes that they made are all reported, and then seemingly post Jesus' resurrection, uh, and then being filled with the Holy Spirit, they're, they're just, they're literally on fire proclaiming the gospel, and everywhere they go, miracles and signs and wonders are following them. Um, and so Acts of the Apostles, it's a history of the growth of the church uh, from the moment Jesus was resurrected. It also gives us uh, the blueprint. And if you ever wonder why churches meet the way they do, you know, the uh, keywords like fellowship and breaking bread, uh, discipleship, uh, uh, having uh, all things in common, coming together in small groups, in homes. Uh, all that is formatted and instructed and modeled for us in the book of Acts. And so the church that you have today is, is basically following the blueprint uh, from the original uh, Acts or, or you know, the move of the Holy Spirit in church. Uh, the purpose of the book is to uh, show how the outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, how believers in the early church were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is, this is key. If I'm talking about acts of the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the book is to show how believers got saved, how they were then filled with the Holy Spirit, and then how the gospel then spread from Jerusalem 
uh, into the world. Um, the growth of the church, the, the, the pouring out of the Spirit starts in Jerusalem, and then it would spread out all across Rome, and then it would spread out all across the world. It originated as a Jewish faith, a Holy Spirit upon the disciples, and then would eventually become an international faith across the world, across nations, across uh, tongues and languages. Uh, this book basically is the beginning and, and explains why you and I are here today. The reason why you and I are here today proclaiming Jesus as Lord, sitting in this room, is because of what happened in the book of Acts. Because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. On, on the chosen uh, uh, Israel, and then it became to the Gentiles, uh, non-Jews, and then it became spread all over the world. Um, and so this is this is an exciting uh, book. Really, really excited to get into it. Uh, I think it ties in really well with the sermon yesterday. Uh, you know, contending and seeking after God, and then being filled with the presence of God. And, and the, you know, the charge yesterday really was uh, that when we fast or when we come together. Or, when we gather in our house churches on, on Fridays and uh, keep, continue to contend as we pray, um, really what we're, what we're conveying to God is that we want more and more of Him. Um, and so, turn with me to Acts chapter 1. And uh, I'd like to read the whole chapter just to get us started. And uh, it might take more than one day to uh, actually uh, get through it all. Uh, starting from verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent, rush wind, a violent rushing wind, and, the, and, and, it, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire distributing themselves. And they rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues of the Spirit. Was oh. oh, is it? Yeah. Oh my goodness. That is crazy. Um, so we're going to start from Acts chapter 2. Okay, and then, uh, and then we'll get to Acts chapter 1 one day. Okay, so let's start with verse 1. Wow, this is, I've never done this before. Uh, actually, I use the same Bible app, uh, Bible Hub. And I always research and prepare the day before. Um, but it's the first time where it's completely the wrong chapter. Um, so we'll take that as a, as a sign, okay? Uh, so Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. Okay, I read that part. Okay, verse 5. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were both bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speaking in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are not all these who are speaking who are who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, uh, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the district of Libya and Syria, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And they all continued in amazement as great, and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, they are full of sweet wine. But Peter, taking his stand with, with the elect, raised his voice and declared to them, 
Madam Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women. I will in those days pour forth of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the sky above, and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and the vapors of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, and the moon into the blood, into blood, before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus and Nazarene, the man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourself know. This man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to the cross by the hands of the godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting on, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in his power. For David says of him, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue exulted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope, because you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Okay, we're going to stop there. And so you see in this text, uh, you know, the, the blueprint for our meetings, uh, you know, for our small groups, um, you know, it says that uh, they were all together in one place. And I mentioned a little bit about this, how uh, with the whole Zoom culture and the pandemic, um, you know, I, I just felt in my spirit that I, as, as the pastor, as the leader, I had to remind the church to not get too comfortable uh, with being uh, independent and isolated. I, I totally get it, you know, security and safety, and, and safety comes first, and, and, and we're, 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 we're following all the guidelines, uh, with all the check-ins, all the scanning temperatures, uh, kids, uh, we want to make sure they're the safest, uh, young babies, uh, pregnant moms, and all, and all those things. Um, but I, I did feel like, uh, uh, you know, there was, a, the enemy could kind of, kind of sneak in and just get to this place where, you know, unchecked, we could say things like, oh, well, I could just continue in my faith just by myself behind a screen. And, and I don't think that's how it works. And uh, when the Spirit of God was poured out on the church, when God was going to do something new, a new season, uh, I mean, one of the first things it tells us, you know, on the day of Pentecost, that they were all together in one place. And the scripture tells us that where two or three or more, or, or you know, two or three are gathered in my name, that there I am, Jesus says that I am in, the, in that presence. Um, and so I think there's just something, you know, as we get into this year, and as uh, hopefully things you know, begin to change, and uh, vaccine, and, and, and restrictions, and, and you know, things get loosened, uh, I hope that as a church, that we're kind of on the mark, and ready to come together again. Yeah, I think for the most part, most of us are you know, excited for that. We can't wait to get back together. And, you know, if you're a leader, uh, Mary's minister, or house leader, you know, we understand the limitations of really connecting with people uh, over, you know, over Zoom. And I know many people are on Zoom all day with work, and, you know, whether it's leisure, whether it's work, and then it's ministry. And so I understand there's this whole uh, Zoom fatigue thing. 
Um, but they were all together in one place. And then the Spirit of God uh, is outpoured on the people that were waiting in the upper room. And then it says the, that the sign of God's manifestation, the sign of God's presence, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, now follow this, because I think a lot of people get hung up on this. And, and, I, and I did, maybe, you know, many, many you know, decades ago. The sign of the presence of God that his power, that his presence, that his heart, that his spirit was there, was that, uh, let's say we're all, um, let's say we're all Singaporean, okay? Every single one of us, born and raised. Um, but as Singaporeans, uh, uh, you know, not uncommon, in fact, very common in our church, uh, you've worked or studied abroad, okay? But you're still Singaporean, true blue, okay? That, that's what's going on here, they're all Jews, uh, uh, you know, true blue, but they they're from all over the world, and so then they come, and the Holy Spirit gets poured out on them, and then all of a sudden they're hearing languages from all over the world. There are at least six or seven or eight references of different people groups or regions, and so they're astonished, they're amazed. How is it that we're hearing these languages, uh, you know, from the places we grew up in, our origin? Uh, and, and that these men don't speak the language, and so the Holy Spirit was pouring out, and they broke out in tongues. Um, there is some argument uh, or debate about uh, the actual gift of tongues. Um, you know, some people will say uh, the actual gift of tongues is only the gift of tongues if you can actually speak a foreign language. And so, so some people, uh, you know, uh, we actually know and, and have heard and testified of people. That's uh, the name. Was a worship leader. Uh, from Vineyard who moved to Korea and uh, God gave him tongue and he was worshiping and praying in tongues and it was actually in Korea. And I think his name was Scott. Yeah, Scott Brennan. Brennan. Uh, yeah, back in the days in the 80s or something. And he was, he said, broke out in tongues and started speaking Korean. He had no idea what he was saying until someone came. Hey man, you're speaking Korean. And he was like, well, that's amazing. And then I think he actually moved there and did ministry there for years. Um, but there are other places in scriptures, including here, that talks about prayer utterances. And so a lot of us will have these you know, the yearnings. God gives us a language. We don't know how to pray. We don't know what to pray. And these yearnings and moans and groanings are utterances. And so a lot of us uh, in the church who have the gift of tongues is, is uh, more referenced in these utterances. And every once in a while, from time to time, uh, you may hear a breakout in a language. Um, you know, we, we have uh, uh, people who interpret tongues or utterances. And we have that, uh, uh, and every once in a while we'll have a service and people come up and share an interpretation. So that's always exciting. Um, but here's, here's what's going on here. Okay? They, they bust out in tongues in foreign languages. People who are there who grew up in these regions, who are now in Jerusalem, are recognizing the language. And um, basically, it causes everyone to be in astonishment, in amazement. And they begin, and, and, and what, this is what they recognize. So here, here's where I think we get hung up. We get hung up on the form. Okay, we, we get hung up on what it looks like on the outside as believers. Well, that's, I didn't grow up with that. That's not my tradition. I never saw that as a kid. My pastor never taught about that. 
And so when we see someone being filled with the Spirit and manifesting, whether that's uh, in tears, I think everyone says, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit, that's God. Only God can remove them in tears. And then we, we cut out or we almost, it's almost like we put boundaries on, on how God's Spirit can move. And we say, God can move in tears because I'm, I'm okay with that because that, that feels normal to me. But God can't move in laughter or God can't move in, in uh, uh, you know, shaking or God can't move in prophesying or, or tongues. And so oftentimes people uh, will get hung up on the form. And, and, and I think the biggest mistake is to focus on what's going on you know, physically, out, outwardly, but the real question that should be asked is what's going on inwardly? What, what's God doing on the inside of that person? Right, so the presence of God comes, there's plenty of accounts in scriptures where people drop, where people you know, uh, fall down on their knees in fear, where people are terrified, uh, the presence of God comes, and they break out in tongues. And, you know, there, there were men, there were people, and, you know, here, even in this context, in this group, you know, were mocking and saying they are full of sweet wine. You know, I, it's kind of funny. But not really. I mean, it seems so light. It's one sentence. You know, and, and I'm sure these, you know, members are known people, accepted, appreciated. But there's, there's always going to be one person. Think about this. There's always going to be one person when the move of God is happening that they focus on what's happening on the outside. And they don't ask the questions of what is God doing internally or what, what is God doing on a, on a greater level. And so then Peter has to stand up, it says in verse 14, taking his stand, raising his voice, declaring that he, he presents the gospel. Um, what this is, church, is a glimpse. <laughs> this is so, I guess what's excited about this. It's a foreshadowing. These are people of the same group, same heritage, you know, learn languages abroad. It's, it's, it's bringing them together. It's unifying them. It's making them one. The Holy Spirit is being poured out on all of us uh, who have different vantage points, different upbringings, and the Holy Spirit, when it's poured out, it brings all of us together, not, not separate. And so the Holy Spirit is being poured out here, and this is a glimpse and a foreshadowing, however many 2,000 plus years ago, of the coming reality. It's, it's, a, it's a prophetic glimpse, an outpouring of just a small pocket of people, all, all the same people, uh, and they're, they're busting out in all different languages. It's a glimpse from God through one people of one day of what the church will look like. They, they don't get it yet because it's just happening, but God is basically saying one day the whole world and every tribe and every tongue and every nation, you guys are, gonna, you guys are you're representing a, a, a prophetic glimpse of one day, you know, 2020 in a place like Singapore with so many people, so many you know, different uh, uh, backgrounds and languages and cultures and ethnicities and, and, and nationalities coming together, that how is it possible that people that are so different, with so many different views, could come together and still serve one another? And it's a glimpse of, of the kingdom of God. It's a glimpse of, of uh, you know, the move of God. I was reading um, just last night, and I wouldn't have intended, but I was, uh, someone had sent me this 
in our church in Beijing, there's this, uh, a, a group of people really adamant against uh, women preachers and women leaders. And uh, so I got a I got an article that you know I, I get a lot of articles. I read a lot of uh, you know uh, things. And um, this one was from a, a PhD professor of a seminary, actually the dean of the whole school president. And basically, I can send you the article. He's saying his stance biblically, based off of First Timothy, such and such. You know, uh, uh, no women uh, as leaders, no women as preachers. Okay. Uh, on, on that same line, I can quote other PhDs and seminary professors, and, and, and you know, uh, you know, uh, yeah, a lot of people out there. And we can quote scriptures and verses as to why we have women leaders in scripture. We won't get into that today, uh, but this is the point, and, and I will get into it later, but but not for uh, this morning's purpose. At the end, he says, we may, and, and I mean, I haven't heard this from this camp before. I, I guess that's why I'm bringing it up. At the end, he says, we may have a disagreement on this particular verse or theology. And again, I've never heard this before because they never give ground. But he says, but if we have the same heart, uh, same spirit, and this is something we can agree to disagree on, but we still love the Lord and are willing to hold hands together and serve, let's, let's serve together. This is what he was saying. This is what this uh, uh, dean of the school was saying. And I was just amazed. And it just reminded of that there is something greater than our, our theological differences in the, in the eyes of God, there is something greater. It's called unity. It's called unity. And this is a picture and a glimpse of one day, I, I mean, you know, we're, we're a living representation, our church, right here. I, that, that's what gets me so excited. We're, we're living out what happened 2,000 years ago, a glimpse, a prophetic glimpse of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that one day every nation and every tribe and so, and so every time we come together as a church, man, we're, we're, like, we're not even, whether it's intentional or not, we're, we're manifesting, we're representing the love of God. And I think that's so awesome. Isn't that so cool? Turn to your neighbor and just hit him on the shoulder and say, hey man, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> right? Isn't, I mean, isn't that exciting? Okay? This is a move of God. This is what God is doing. Um... It says later in the chapter, in verse 18, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit, and, uh, and they shall prophesy. Um, it says later, I had it in the chapter uh, ongoing, but it says that when they heard this message, that they were pierced to the heart. And then it goes on, continuing devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings. You know, they gotta, they gotta keep devoting themselves to the teachings, because not everyone knows everything. Because not everyone had the privilege of being with Jesus or knowing Jesus in the way that these people were with Jesus and had known Jesus. And so the same thing, right? Regardless of where we are in our relationship, in our journey, in our understanding, uh, we continue to meet together. We continue to serve one another. We continue to love and, and, and put paramount you know, unity. Obviously, we major on the majors, minor on the minors, right? We focus on the things that are very clear, that bring us together. And then for the things that aren't paramount to our salvation and such, you know, these are great discussions. These are great places, and some of them make it into policy and, and uh, church uh, uh, governance and things like that. Um, but I think the key point here in the picture that we see here is God is doing the work where when the people of God come together as one, that's when his presence comes 
Um, I'm going to give a, 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 a show a little bit more about this in the, in the coming days. How the, the humility and the oneness of the community invites the presence of God. And, and to what extent God will go to protect this infant church, this outpouring of the Spirit, this, this uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, first batch. You know, he's not going to let it get corrupted. And so the, to the level and extent that he'll go to protect it and what it means. Um, let's bow our heads. So this is uh, uh, one of many signs and wonders, right? Um, and uh, we are evidence today of this beginning point of the work of God. I mean, just think about it for a second. The fact that we can all sit here together, you know, with one God, and and uh, man, just just together as one family, worshiping. That's, that's, that's amazing. That, that in itself is a sign and a wonder. And so, Father, we come before you this morning. And Jesus, we, we humble ourselves because we recognize uh, our, in, in one sense, our, our small part in the greater narrative, God, that, that you know, it's not just relevant to us. It's, the story isn't because we're in it. But God, that we're part of a cloud of witnesses. God, we're, we're part of a heritage, a legacy, an alumni. You know, all the way back from the beginning, from Adam, all the way through the Old Testament, all the way to uh, Jesus, you coming, and the outpouring of your spirit, and all of that conveys. And so, Lord, would you, would your presence, God, just remind us how precious this church is. God, how precious this gathering is. And God, that you love this church and that, that you have brought us together by your might, by your spirit, by your divine appointing. And God, we will serve, we will love, we will uphold. And uh, God, you know, just like in the book of Acts, God, we'll go out and declare. And not only were, you know, we, we get hung up on the, the fact that they broke out in tongues, but did anyone ever ask what they were saying? Hey, look, you're speaking this language, you're speaking that language, wow, you're speaking. But did anyone ask another question, which is, what are they actually saying? And the scriptures tells us that what they were saying were they were speaking of the mighty deeds of God. We get hung up on what language they're speaking when all the languages are speaking the same thing. The mighty deeds of God. And so Lord, help us to focus on the core of the message, which is the gospel, which is Jesus on the cross, resurrected, uh, eternal life, you know, new hope, new beginning, life in you. And whatever language, whatever mode, you know, however we need to convey that gospel, Lord God. Uh, Lord, we pray, Jesus, that you be glorified. We thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Name. Amen. Amen.